Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest, a returning guest. His name is Bryant McCullough. Last time we talked, we talked about Bill Gates and his meddling all throughout the world. You can go back and listen to that. Today, we're going to talk about the elite and the way they think, their influence upon uh, kind of people of a different class structure than them. And I have a picture on youtube right now of a really great movie i highly recommend people check out it's called the ruling class you almost never hear about it but it really is a dark black comedy about the thought processes of some of these uh, privileged people who have money and don't have to work and how they think but uh before the intro i'm going to talk about a product that i've been taking for the last couple of weeks it's called magic mind it's located here in california and it's really kind of a nootropic uh, little elixir, elixir kind of that I've been taking that I think really has helped my productivity. My wife is taking it too, and she enjoys it. So when we're working, it helps kind of give you energy. It's like a, a nootropic, clean energy. There's things inside there that are healthy for you, and it's, you're not over-caffeinated. And there's different ingredients such as ashwagandha, people know about some of them, uh, cordyceps mushrooms, and a lot of things just kind of help with your brain, uh, L-theanine. So it helps increase focus and attention and it gives you, it's interesting because it actually helps you focus without having kind of negative consequences if you take too much caffeine or uh, energy drinks or things like that. So the, you, oftentimes if you drink too many energy drinks or things like that, you actually kind of can feel sick. Um, but so I highly recommend this product. I'm going to put the links to it in the show notes. And I think that if you do a lot of reading like I do, this product is is for you. And if you're working hard or something like that, and you don't want to have the consequences of some of these other, you know, five hour energy or things like that, this is your product. So I'll put a link in the show notes. If you go to the link, which is magicmind.com, WRI, William Ramsey Investigates, you can get 40% off the subscription in the next 10 days. And then also there's a discount code, which is WRI20, and that'll get you 20% off as well. And uh, so check it out. Again, the, the product is Magic Mind, and uh, it's really a great kind of nootropic brain enhancer is what I would call it. So anyway, I'm here with Bryant. Bryant is going to join us and talk kind of about his research. He's been do, had John Brisson on yesterday on his show. And so welcome back, Bryant. Can you talk about your background, maybe for people who didn't hear our earlier show? And then what brought you this kind of interest of talking about kind of elite thought processes? For sure. So real quick intro. My name is Bryant McCullough. Uh, originally from Tennessee, have since moved to Washington State. Uh, I would say that my research of the elite and their antics have greatly increased uh, since moving to this state as opposed to, uh, you know, center of the Bible Belt. Uh, I am a professing Christian, so I feel like we should know the enemy's plans and, uh, you know, at least have a uh, some kind of an idea of what we're up against. So I am a father. I have children that I, I have to prepare for the world that is going to be uh, the case when when they're going into the workforce and you know uh, I, I just think that uh, there's there's almost no reason to not be aware of some of these things it's it's like that's that's what is giving everything all this power is everybody turns this blind eye and sweeps under the rug or just says oh you know that's that's just the elite and their antics that's just uh you know the Hollywood scene that's just there's always these excuses and really uh, we're, we're being compliant by ignoring right silence is complicity right so what what kind of things do you have you seen with kind of the current maybe american or global elite like they're in davos talked recently all these people oh. five thousand people show up with their private planes and talk about their plans for the rest of us right right and the, the headline for that on breitbart was literally verbatim from revelation i don't know if you saw that i no, do I have didn't. I didn't see uh that. I'll send it to you and we can just put it in the, the show notes, but I have a, a direct link for that. But yeah, I mean, it literally said, uh, you know, what's, what's troubling the world today? You know, it's war, famine, pestilence, rumors of wars. I mean, just verbatim, you know, revelation. And so, uh, yeah. And, and then of course it said Davos is the savior. So, 
Right. So they're going to be our savior. These elites who talk about global warming, supposedly like we're going through this global warming phase and there's all these problems and we're the solution. Exactly. You know, that's uh, that's definitely the uh, that's that's not only their um, I don't know what you would call it. That's their presentation is right. Is there you know, I'm with the government. I'm here to help. You know, <laughs> so, right. uh, you know that's like the, Trust the us. famous last words. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They're they're yeah. one of the components of these things in Davos is not just their agenda, but trying to get the population to trust them. They literally are talking about how can we engender trust in these populations? That's what they're talking about. Well, I think we see, you know, these kind of beta test type things go on where, uh, you know, everybody kind of just jumps right in and says, man, that's the mark. And what I really think it's a compliance check. Uh, they just want to know, is 50% on board? Is is 60% of the vote swayable? Are 80 people ignoring, you know, what's really real and just trusting what they see or hear on, you know, these outlets or, uh, you know, so I think that plays a, a big part in that. Right. And I think just you saying compliance check is really fascinating because even in individual relationships like the you know, sociopathic things, they, they do things to people like abusive relationships to see if they will comply. So exactly. Like, yeah. So they're doing it on a global scale, like a national, national global gaslighting, yeah, you know, right. Yeah. Seriously. You know, I, I like some of those catchy buzzwords that stick with people, but yeah, I, re I really think that's a, a good example. You know, and we see all this, you know, build back better and, you know, everywhere you turn, it's kind of like this, uh, you know, out of order. Every time I see a, a restroom, right, with an out of order sign, I always add chaos at the bottom now because it's like everywhere you look, that's exactly the goal is out of order, out of order chaos, you know, and Ordo uh, up chaos, right? Yeah. I literally yeah, I mean, just posted a, a book by David Livingston, who's going to come back on talking to him later this month, but his title of his book is Ordo up chaos, and it really is kind of a de-occulted look at the elite of Western civilizations in different countries. It's really fascinating because it ties into what we're talking about today. It does. And then you see, you know, you have uh, the obvious distractions, you know, the, the Depp and Heard, you know, case, of course, being publicized. But we just heard, you know, with Maxwell, how, you know, no cameras allowed in the courtroom. So it's that's strange alone. It's like, hey, look here, you know, look over here. Don't don't look over there. And that's the constant uh, tactic, you know, is, is there's always something going on that's got everybody on social media, you know, the, the chatter and the buzz. And then that's when bills get passed, you know, right, it's like, right. you right. know, it's always, uh, every time I, I hear just this big, you know, if everybody's talking about Ukraine, I'm, I'm like, oh, well, let's, you know, we need to put in some uh, Freedom of Information Act requests now, you know, like, right. It's a Seriously. full distraction. The war, unnecessary conflict in Russia, is so somewhat like eight thousand miles away from us, and we have all kinds of problems here in the states. It's really, when you think about it, it's really incredible that we even have a, a dog in that fight. It is, <sighs> and then when you hear, you know, like the uh, the wars and rumors of wars, right? And I remember even reading that as a child in my Bible and, and thinking, what's up with that? That's weird. Rumors of wars, but man, we can see it all fold out now. And then when we look at, you know, uh, what Operation Northwoods and, uh, you know, I mean, there's just so many cases of these, you know, same exact things that we're seeing play out, but you know, everybody says, well, yeah, but this time it's different. You know, this this isn't like that, you know, and in 40 years, you know, we'll uh, have that Freedom of Information Act, you know, on on the new thing. And we'll be able to say, oh, wow, they got us again. But what they're doing now, that's different, though, this time. You know, it's like we just keep repeating that insanity, that same thing over and over, expecting different results. You know, may I have another, please? May I have another? Yeah. Oh, it feels like that. It really does. It does. Like, just all the tricks and then the delay. Why do we tolerate our own government hiding information from us, right? Or even corporations. Like they almost didn't have all those Pfizer documents if a judge in Texas didn't have the strength or backbone to actually say, nope, expose them now. They were going to try to keep them hidden for 75 years. Of so course. there's, yeah, yeah, I mean, JFK just gets kicked down, the can gets kicked down the road. You know, like, oh, you don't get to see these documents. You pay our taxes. But to me, it's like uh, taxation without representation. Would you agree with that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, all of that is kind of stemmed from, you know, the, uh, I mean, that was a huge selling point, you know, Trump said, once I'm in office, I'm going to release all the JFK, you know, and it's right. like, here we are still. And, and not we that, are. you know, not that um, my vote was swayed or I was really expecting it to happen. But the point is like, they, you know, the, their actions never match what they're telling you, but people still trust the words that come out of their mouth. And it's, it's really hard to, you know, it's like you said, an abusive relationship, you know, it's, uh, you know, well, he loves me though, you know, <laughs> so I guess go we look just at, are all convinced the government loves us, you know? Right. Go look at the people who, who are in this kind of relationship with Trump. It's a weird kind of like, you know, I really trust him. He's my savior. And he's, in, he's encouraged that kind of view, I think with his whole MAGA and all this stuff. And it's like, guys, you're brainwashed. I mean, I think both parties are brainwashed different kind of style maybe but oh for uh, sure yeah yeah absolutely it's those same tactics you know it's just different buzzwords for each side and it's different uh you know different distractions and uh actually john brissom had said something yesterday just about how you know uh in the bible you would see you know the people would uh you know they would start worshiping the you know they're good king so they would get like an evil king right and so he was saying you know i feel like biden is our punishment for all the people that worship trump you know so right. i mean it's yeah. yeah well history has a way of repeating itself and time seems to be a lot more cyclical than linear i was trying to put together this timeline uh you know and it just it doesn't work left or right william <laughs> it's oh, just like you almost have to do it in a circle because it's like okay but yeah but this connects here and then this also, I mean, I'd be better off making a big board with the spheres of influence, you know, where this circle interconnects with this circle. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, no, it's because, interesting you say that because I just did a show on Mark Lombardi and that's what he, that was his style was to make oh, these circles and connect them together. And that was the way he could get a grip on what was going on, you know, like instead of like a yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously, Mark Lombardi's work. It's really fascinating. Okay, he was okay. before his time. He was really kind of one of the real parapolitical or hidden hand or corporate network type researchers uh, before okay. the internet. Really, it's like uh, 30 years ago, 25 years wow. ago. Wow. Yeah. So he was spending some time in the library and then, uh, lots, you know. Lots of time in the library, very suspicious death. Like he was just getting exposure. He was just going into art shows and, uh, you know, it's like, I'm sure that's like the opposite coincidental. Well, <laughs> you know, you look you at know. his parents. Like I put a link into this documentary, and his mom's just like something's like her intu intuition is like something's not right about this. It doesn't comport with what he was doing because he really wanted to get recognition, and that he was getting that recognition that he wanted. And like, oh, oh okay, now I'm going to stop and I'm going to go hang myself from a, oh, uh, you know, a, a sprinkler or something. It doesn't add up, something like that. He's he's in the same same group as Casalero. There's a couple other guys who kind of got close to this network, this elite global network, and they they ended up in a bit really bad place. So. And when when was his untimely death? How long ago was that? Two thousand. So right okay. before like nine eleven. Like I think it was March two thousand. So they were still doing the sprinkler then. They didn't switch to the doorknob yet. They didn't do the doorknob with the red uh, <laughs> handkerchief. Yeah, no, they hadn't done that one. But, um, you know, they, they yeah. said, well, he did it because he was locked from the inside. But that, you know, uh, handling doorknobs and keys yeah. is, is Intel 101. That's like the first thing they treat, teach you is how to mimic a key you know all over the oh world, for really. sure no you can get on youtube right now and just find you know <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. that's cakewalk for intel people that's super easy yeah but yeah so anyway lombardi is a really important piece of kind of looking at the puzzle at least in that time what, what he was looking at in the 90s you know but so much has happened since then oh for sure well, I'd say that's a pretty decent segue to start talking about some dates and some things, you know, uh, right. you referenced the 90s. I think I'm going to start, um, you know, let's do, well, let's do September 11th, 1990. I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. Out of these troubled times, our fifth objective, a new world order can emerge. Now we see a new world order coming into view, a world in which there is a very real prospect for a new world order. A world where the United Nations, freed from a Cold War stalemate, is poised to fulfill the historic vision of its founders. And that's George Herbert Walker Bush, September 11th, conveniently, 1990. 
And so I feel like, although that's not where, you know, the, the, that's not where the plans started getting drawn up, but that's at least yeah. where it was made public. And it's like, you know, uh, of course the enemy always mimics, right. The creator. And so, uh, you know, when I feel like when they speak these things into existence, right. It's all, obviously it's not the same as creation from the creator, but they're always trying to mimic that. And there's a reason that, that they follow these standards and these rituals. And it's like, I think we talked last time, they're always willing to tell you everything along the way, you know? And so that's where that silence is compliance comes in. And so, uh, you know, I would say, uh, just jump over to Wikipedia real quick, you know, and it's, so this article is about the use of the term new world order in international politics for the conspiracy theory, see new world order conspiracy theory. <laughs> so I like how they separate those two. So what we're reading now from Wikipedia, this is what the new world order really is. What your friend told you, you click this link, right? <laughs> so, right. uh, the term New World Order refers to a new period of history evidencing dramatic change in the world political thought and the balance of power in international relations. Despite varied interpretations of this term, it is primarily associated with the ideological notion of world governance only in the sense of new collective efforts to identify, understand, or address global problems that go beyond the capacity of individual nation states to solve. Now, I encourage anyone to, to hop on and, and read the rest of that, right? And I have it all here, but I'm not going to put everybody through that if, you know, we've, right. we've got a lot to cover to, there. But the uh, new world, according to the fact checkers on Twitter, the new world order doesn't exist. It's a fantasy. It doesn't right. exist. Right. So uh, you're that's the gaslighting. <laughs> it's Isn't it crazy? Got, it's like, yeah, Biden makes new world order speeches too. You can go back through and look at his speeches. So he's oh, right on sure. the same team, you know. Well, it'd be really interesting if they started pulling up a bunch of stuff that Biden said in the past, you know, that would <laughs> that would really paint an interesting picture. But they're not willing to do that. You know, it's really it's kind of crazy. You know, we see all these uh, examples of, of people getting like just drugged through the mud for, you know, 20, 30 year old statements. And we're the guy that has the most <laughs> offensive ones of all. You know, they just man, they're buried and scrubbed. And uh, I'd say it's getting harder and harder to find any of those at this point, really if you true. don't already have them saved on a thumb drive somewhere. It's very true. They, they've yeah. actually book burned history in a lot of ways and scrubbed it or carnivored it. There's all kinds of programs out there that AI stuff that just really, it's kind yeah. of like a mini beast system. It hasn't started killing people in, in magnitude of millions yet, but, um, you're, we're seeing kind of like the genesis of the B system, no doubt. Absolutely. These are precursors. They are paving the way and trying to get everyone on board, right? Like, I think it's going to be a clear and conscious decision to accept the mark and deny the father, right? I don't think it's going to be something that we're tricked into doing. I think it's going to be a decision that a lot of people make because it's the easier choice for them. It's going to be a lot more appealing than being martyred, beheaded, or banished to the wilderness with no access to, you know, food or transportation or things of that. But I, I do feel like, you know, every one of these, it's just like when we, uh, you know, we read all these headlines of, of just terrible things. And, and it's like, here we are 10 years later, when I read one, unfortunately, it stings a little bit less than it did uh, a thousand stories similar ago. And that's because of that desensitization. And I think they definitely use that tactic in, in more aspects, you know, than just one for sure. Um, another interesting kind of thing here that I was going to mention. So that was a uh, Let's see here. The phrase New World Order was explicitly used in connection with Wood Woodrow Wilson's global zeitgeist during the period just after World War One, during the formation of the League of Nations. Right. The mm -hmm. war to end all wars. And then uh, it also says that uh, Nazi activists and future German leader also used the term New World Order in 1928. And I'll give you one guess who that mustache man was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I, know. Uh, I think we won't go there with that name because that's probably one of those with us on YouTube here. We probably don't want to get flagged for that one, but I think anybody could do the math on that. And so then uh, just real quick, because I mentioned the League of Nations, January 8th, 1918, 14 points laid down by President Wilson as the basis of world peace. January 25th, 1919, League accepted in principle. April 28th, 1919, covenant adopted. 
And January 10th, 1920, League came into being, Secretariat established in London. So 1920, the first meeting of the Council of Paris. 1920, League headquarters moved from London to Geneva. And November 15th, 1920, first meeting of Assembly at Geneva. So that's just a little history of kind of the League of Nations there. Uh, yeah, how did that work Woodrow out? Wilson. Yeah, right. Uh -huh. well, you know, uh, I guess to be determined, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sure when the UN just... comes to begin to power, I'm sure that they're going to really just uh, have the benefit of humanity in, you know, in their sights. They're really going to do all great things, get rid of poverty, all that stuff, I'm sure. Oh, so it's Increased actually a league of extraordinary right. gentlemen then, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Crazy. Um, but well, yeah, no. I mean that that goal's always been there, and it's just it's becoming more cognizable. We're starting to more easily recognize this. I mean, they literally were going about to do an end around sovereignty by giving the World Health Organization uh, right force. I mean, that's though this whole pandemic was really a, a end around sovereignty. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that has been one of the, you know, the biggest beta tests that uh, I've seen in, in yeah. my life. And it could even apply to my generation. I'm not sure, you know, but, um, you know, it, uh, also, you know, just sticking with that new world order and kind of tying into, you know, that pop culture, you know, and uh, I remember being, I don't know, maybe 12 or 13. Right. And went to uh, WWF. It was then. And uh, I came home wearing my NWO shirt because I was a Hulk Hogan fan. And I, you know, I wore that shirt for three years. And I remember my aunt, you know, and she was like, do you know what that is? No, what, what is New World Order? Yeah, NWO, it's Hulk Hogan. And she's like, no, 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 let me show you. And I'm like, oh, no, no. It's got my favorite wrestlers and, you know, Scott Hall and uh, Kevin Nash, right? They were the new age outlaws. You know, and it's just like all these kind of buzzwords that, uh, you know, that you just get really desensitized to hearing. And when it becomes comical, when it's Hulk Hogan that's in NWO, then it becomes a lot less threatening because we all know wrestling's fake, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're being you're being initiated like in a, in a cultural initiation to those concepts. Right. I contributed my money to purchase NWO goods, you know, and willingly advertised for them for about three years. It's disturbing, uh, you know, because they once again, they always target the children. Right. It's the same right. with like Bernays and his marketing tactics. Right. If you want to sell sugary cereal, get the kids obsessed with it. So play it during the cartoons. And when they go to the store, they'll beg their parents until they get their way. You're guaranteed to make sales. Right. That's you the know, whole so, thing about the Happy Meal at McDonald's is they get the kids and the kids poke the parents to get them to go to McDonald's. Yeah, I'm going to spend $30 when they're there, you know. Right. My understanding is in the um, wrestling community, there's also like an occult guy now who has tattoos and he's like the black magic representative. Have you heard that? You know, I'm not familiar with some of the newer stuff, but I can tell you, you know, the Undertaker you know, was a huge thing. Uh, Kane, but it was K-A-N-E, but uh, obviously the, you know, Kane. Uh, yeah, the evil Kane, Mark of Kane. And so those, they were brothers, right? The old Undertaker and Kane. That, that was a big deal uh, then. And, and yeah, there's always kind of been those really occultic undertones in that. And Vince McMahon's actually a pretty interesting guy as well. Um, you know, that's probably a topic for another day. But uh, if we want to, you know, there's so many examples of, of this, you know, them using these words in pop culture and making references and familiarizing people with the turn and, and then making it almost comical. You know, it's a lot of times I talk to people about things that are real operations that, that you can show a freedom of them. They say, man, you watch a lot of movies because that's the plot to like 20 movies. That way, you know, it's really similar to uh like search results right and so like i was using this example recently you know when everybody uh started talking about um god i'm not going to be able to think of the name now but it's the newest call of dude oh vanguard is it vanguard i think or, yeah, yeah vanguard and so uh everyone was talking about vanguard about this time last year and it was pretty popular you know search 
And so uh, Call of Duty named their newest game Vanguard. So now when you Google Vanguard, what do you get? You get search results of people playing Call of Duty, where to buy Call of Duty, what system, you know, and they do this again and again. There's so many. I had a few examples that uh, are lost to me now, but it's not really hard to find a couple of those. You know, when when something starts uh, to really gain some traction and people are talking about it you know as opposed to just scrubbing it it's much easier to just flood the search results with with new results and then you're forced to dig through 10 pages to get to the you know and most people won't if if they don't give up after you know three or four you know mouse scrolls they're they're not going to make it past three or four pages so it's just really interesting there how they you know i've said you don't need a delorean really to to go change the past you just change the search results because you got to think this is you know these days if somebody's unsure about something you can't remember the name of a movie or an actor or a fact right it's google is a verb google it google it you know i mean and so if you change those search results then now the truth is whatever they're you know i mean it's right no do you know that the google search is totally skewed and all of those results are are a lot of those people have paid google to be on there so like you're getting the results that you would might think that it's some objective thing of hits or who has the most hits no 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 no. you're getting what they want you to see so people use that google search engine DuckDuckGo isn't much better how these search engines are total information kind of hall of mirrors type stuff it's not they're not they don't have your best interest in mind no not at all and i think anything even if it starts out organically good it's going to end up co-opted or it's going to disappear especially when we're talking about that world wide web you know that www which is actually like a a bob 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 and you know i mean there's it's like it's always right there the answer is always obvious it's that uh you know, the Occam's razor, right? You know, I mean, nine times out of 10, it's really just, they're giant pieces of crap. It's not some weird series of coincidences that led to these unfortunate events that we wish we could have avoided, but it just wasn't possible, son. That's never the case, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, so, so, yeah. It's true. It's, and I mean, it kind of goes into elite and all through time and maybe in the Western, and maybe every country is that, to stay on top, they have to kind of go to war against the other people. And I mean, I think it's, that's the, like one of the why people get attracted to communism is that you don't you're trying to erase these the the difference, the wide, broad differences between like the ultra wealthy and then the peasants. You're trying. That's the whole goal. It didn't work out, obviously, but um, you can see why at certain times people found that attractive. That's probably why that communistic worldview is more fashionable now than it ever, that I've ever seen in my lifetime. You make a very good point there, you know, uh, definitely the same for me, you know, you might have a couple years on me here, but I, I would say that definitely applies. Um, you know, it's just disturbing. It really is. And it's, it's getting to the point where you're doing a lot of mental gymnastics at this point, if you're not seeing things as they are it uh you know and now maybe um you know i would say in certain cases you know not to pick on a certain generation you know but let's just use the boomers for example you know but they uh you know their worldviews have been shaped by uh a news that maybe they could have trusted a little bit more you know before the mockingbird and so it's kind of like that golden age of television when it came out it was all andy griffith and leave it to beaver and and the stuff that you see on tv now you would never have seen you know it would have they would have boycotted right but that desensitization they would have burned process. it down they would have burned now, it down if you put this to somebody in the 50s they would go crazy they would like be storming the street shooting people we've just been conditioned yeah we have completely and to the point that it doesn't really even trigger emotional responses to most people you know they're just like uh, even if they don't agree with it even if they think that it's depraved at the end of the day they're not willing to push back they just say you know well it doesn't directly affect me or you know it's that old case of you know i can't remember the the example but it's just kind of like you know uh, they started censoring, you know, Alex, right? And well, I don't care. And then they, you know, oh, well, he deserved it. 
well, then they start, you know, censoring this person. And it's like, oh, that kind of sucks. I like him, but, you know, he shouldn't have done that thing. And then it's like, now I'm censored. Hey, this isn't fair. We should really right. say something, you know? <laughs> right, right. And instead of just being against censorship in principle, because exactly. I got censored, they destroyed like my YouTube channel that had tons of my work on it. And they book, they tech digitally book burned me. And it's a disgrace. Like Google's yeah. a joke. YouTube is evil. And so yep. uh, I don't know why anybody trusts these devils. I mean, they're evil. Like they should have just said, we don't want your stuff on my site and just let me download my stuff somewhere else. Like, oh, this, uh, you know, this relationship isn't working out. Why don't we, you, right. I'll give you here's a month. Stuff. To, right. Come, get your stuff. belongings. Get your belongings. <laughs> yeah. No, they didn't do that to me. They stole. They said it in the I think it's a stealing of my property. I don't care what their terms of service TOS is. So well, anyway, that's because just, some of that stuff is, uh, you know, I wouldn't say irreplaceable, but it, it, it definitely it's just, is. Some of my work was ridiculous. It was done like an eighth grader did it. But just having that progress, you can see like how I'm learning. Okay, exactly. I'm learning this, I'm learning. So somebody else could, could have gone back and say, oh, I see how he's developing. I see where the genesis of this book was. He was researching that in 2017. It's gone. It's book burned. Right. It's a yeah, so you got Everybody no should be paper trail. Yeah. No, I agree. I think I've, the uh, quote you're referencing is Nee Muller. I think he made that quote about being in Nazi Germany, like they came for the Jews, and then they. Oh yeah. First they yes. came for the socialist. I did not yes. speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionist. I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews. I did not speak out because I'm not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no left, no one left to speak for me. Martin Emo. Very profound statement. It is. It is. That's, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a, maybe we include a link to that as well. Yeah. I'll put that in the <laughs> show. That's, yeah, seriously. That that could sum up everything that I'm going to say in this hour. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, because that is going to be the, uh, you know, as they get louder and then we get more and more censored, then what is there's no choice anymore people aren't allowed to look at the facts and make a informed decision anymore it's this is the way it is and don't you dare think otherwise i mean how far are we from thought crime i mean elon is we're not know, far we're there i think we're there yeah. i think I you think can't say certain things and then they incinerate you yeah they're not enforcing the law at this point but i think they're getting the data you know there's it's almost you can't even deny it. You know, you can do some tests at home, uh, have a conversation with somebody about just the most random thing you've ever heard of, and then go check out the advertisements for that thing on Google, you know, like a, a, a giraffe brush, you know, and then you'll, if they have one, you'll get an ad for it because there is something that is always just as simple as if I say, Hey Siri, right? Like, how does it know that I said that if it wasn't already listening? But the world believes it doesn't start listening until you say, hey, Siri, how is that logically possible? <laughs> you know, it's they, they've proven that it's constantly listening to you. They're, they're right, constantly getting data from you. If you have that conversation with anyone, the two most common responses are you're crazy or I don't have anything to hide. Right. It's just a weird, it's, a, it's a weird response too. even that response. It like, is. Why it's would you let somebody strange. go get into your innermost thoughts? Actually, my next show, we're going to be talking about voice to skull, voice of God, a technology that they developed in MK Ultra. So people, oh yeah, on in the I'm next looking forward minutes. to that one, man. Yeah, that'll be interesting because that, I think it ties into the school shooters. Like they're they they have technology they can apply, and it goes back. It's it was, I mean, it goes back pre-internet that they well, can apply to these people. people think like, call the cops and say hey i think i'm the guy on the news i think i'm the guy you're looking for you know it's like you know how was, does that yeah there was a be? really interesting yeah there's a really interesting video that if you just type into your search engine shooter heard voices you'll get a list that is longer than you'll ever uh expect you'll just see yeah. all these shooters that had that were um heard voices were schizophrenic and they can make you schizophrenic now i mean it's really scary like so many of these guys are in the hands of psychologists and stuff like that. It's just, it's you know, I remember stumbling across that. I can't remember his name, but it was the Batman movie shooter. Right. And I remember hearing that. Is, and uh, uh, I'll get it. I do know his name. It is James Holmes. 
Holmes, you're exactly right. And I remember hearing that, you know, that he had heard voices. He was on the, what do they call the uh, anti-psychotic? Yeah, yeah, yeah anti-psychotics. And SSRIs, that's what I was looking for. He was, and, he literally uh, heard the voice of Obama. Like, that's what he said. Well, that would make sense. <laughs> no, but <laughs> you, know? you look at his, like, super smart guy. He was very intelligent, but constantly in the hands of psychologists. And you'll see this weird thing of these people who've been in the hands of some weird psychologist somewhere like they're, they, the, only look, that, the only thing that surprises me about he heard obama's voice is the fact that obama was willing to do the work himself <laughs> you know, it's like he didn't even have his agent on the mic he was like hey buddy here's what i need you to do you know yeah but go go look at the history of these mass shootings they didn't start until 30 40 years ago like they coincide right. with all that research. They didn't happen well, at the turn. Of the look at the gaps too. It's really interesting. The gaps in between and when they start to kind of really, you know, gain traction again. You know, it's like we have these pockets of like here they all are lumped into this like two or three month period, and then we're going to go another what four to eight, you know, years, and then you know, I mean, it's it's really. Kind of always you want, again. Do you, do you want to know a really curious tie is when Epstein was arrested, there was a quick spate of mass shooters. There was one in Gilroy, and they asked him, why are you doing this? And he said, I don't know. That mm. was like his last word before they shot him. It was at the Garlic Festival. But go look at the time Epstein was arrested. It's a weird correlation. I can't really make sense of it, but there were like three or four mass shootings right after Epstein got arrested. And you want to talk about elites. Nobody who used Epstein is in jail. That's like another point about uh, our current yeah. culture. They don't go after the people who used his services. No. And you in know, some child, rape, child trafficking and rape. That's a good way to tie in, uh, you know, the man of the hour, Mr. 183 billion is, uh, you know, Tesla now. It is the highest out of, you know, Toyota's 176, uh, Volkswagen 84. Uh, Honda 45, you know, Tesla is 183 billion. Uh, and so interesting about uh, him, you know, um, where did that one go? Okay, here we go. Two of the largest shareholders of Tesla are Vanguard and BlackRock. Right. His advocates for the COVID things, you know, he built the RNA micro factories for CureVac and that was used to create the mRNAs. He's received billion in government subsidies, you know, but we're led to believe that he's this entrepreneur that wants to go to Mars for fun. And, you know, his company is boring. <laughs> I mean, like it's a joke, you know, I mean, the more you dig in, you're just like, you know, I mean, what he's family owned an emerald mine in Zambia, I think is what. I think so. I That's where his family yeah. money came from. And he was educated at the best schools in uh, South Africa, yeah. private mm -hmm. schools, public, you know. He was, he was a part of the elite before he came. Absolutely. Out. Yeah. And have you heard about the whole like Gates versus uh, Elon thing? A little controversy bit. What, that was what is it? Going on? It was. Yeah. Uh, so here was the tweet, I think, from Elon. It was about uh, I didn't leak it to NYT. They must have got it through friends of fans. I heard from multiple people at TED that Gates still had half a billion short against Tesla, which is why I asked him personally. It's not exactly top secret. So I think what the original thing was is maybe he had shared a, a screenshot of uh, a message maybe that he had sent to Gates um, asking about why he still had a short against Tesla, I think is how that all began. But it's just really interesting that these are like two of the most prevalent names, right? You know, and right. and it's the, again, it's like the perfect distraction. You know, it's um, the the herd and the depth thing. You know, I mean, that how much have I heard about that? I have not watched one single clip. I have not watched nothing. I haven't listened to the audio. You know, I think I did download um you know years and Roberta's talk about it. I haven't listened okay. yet, but I know so much about the case just because hearing people at work having the conversation and then they everyone wants to bring this thing you know she pooped in his bed can you believe that i'm like i can't believe that you care you know it's like i got all this stuff i've been telling you for a year to look at and you won't even click a link but you want to run and tell me that amber pooped in johnny's bed you know it's like out of 
the grand scheme of everything like that is going to always be the general public's uh, main focus is kind of that, you know, and Hollywood's created for that. You know, these pedestals are placed to put people on, you know, and really the people don't care who it is. It's just who's on the pedestal. You know, they get told who to care about, who to follow, who to blue check mark. It's, you know, it's appealing. It's like, Oh, I know somebody that's verified. I'm more important now, you know? And it's just like, I just, I can't make it. It's really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Like why do people even like, how did they get people hooked into Depp heard or Ukraine? Like Ukraine is important to the viability of the United States. Ukraine is one of the biggest jokes because the U S installed Zelensky. He is a puppet and he got rid of all political other oppositional parties. He just outlawed them. He's basically a dictator installed by the U S well, I'm sure you know about the the series, right? That he played in was like pretty much him playing himself now, but before he was himself now. Wow. Yeah, I'll have to get the uh, the name of that. I can't for the life of me remember. Maybe somebody in the chat will pop in with it. But uh, uh, yeah, and that's alone is him, crazy. Yeah, he's made him into like a a fictitious fictitious figure, like this great liberator. It's pure propaganda. It's worse than anything the Russians have done. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's in the States. Like, I can't believe that the U.S. population doesn't believe they're being propagandized. It's a total joke. We're being shoved propaganda on the daily. God. It's true. You know, the uh, the formula thing is interesting. You know, I'm sure you've seen uh, everything going on with the baby formula. I don't have yeah. babies. I do know some people that do. So I, I do know some people that have affected directly. But are you familiar with bio milk? That's with a Q. Bio milk. No, I'm afraid of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you should be. Who owns it? Who? Everything that starts with bio, right? So, U.S. firm bio milk is artificially producing human breast milk. Claims that it is better for the environment. Bill Gates says, along other investors that helped bio milk raise 21 million in October of 2021. So, <laughs> the. Uh, then the Gates Foundation paid the Guardian $3.5 million and immediately the Guardian published a hit piece criticizing breastfeeding as bad for a mom's mental health. Wow. That's incredible. And then incredible. look where we are today. We're, we are in some kind of Luciferian nightmare society where they're conditioning everybody into like Sodom and Gomorrah. It's off the charts. It's it like does. right in front of your face. It's not coming. It's here. We are here. Oh, it's so brave and proud that your child is 11 and going through gender reassignment. I mean, irrevocable. Well, like things that I couldn't even imagine would be acceptable conversational topics are happening now. Like that that whole story, like you're changing your gender. That's full on like uh, yeah. Luciferianism, non-binary crap. It's all Satanism. Well, it's, it's, I guess it overlaps with Satanism. It's the same thing. It does. And I guess that's another good segue there. So Newsweek, Laura Ingram's guest says trans people will destroy gender norms to create a new species altogether, human and part machine. Uh, Transhumanism, right? Humanity will be radically changed by technology in the future. We foresee the feasibility of redesigning the human condition, including such parameters as the inevitability of aging, limitations on human and artificial intellect, unchosen psychology, suffering, and our confinement to the planet Earth. And that's Transhumanist Declaration, World Transhumanist Association. So those are pretty... I mean, here's a real quick rundown. Transhumanist values, radical opportunity, existential danger, human agency, no easy options, human well-being, individual well-being, mutual responsibility. These are all, uh, you know, this is what their, this is their statement. So I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not on board here. It may sound that way if you're just tuning in. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what's next, right? By August 1st, 2022, the inner governmental negotiating body will meet to discuss progress on a working draft for an international instrument on pandemic prevention preparedness and response 2023 the negotiating body will deliver a progress report to the 76th world health assembly in may 2024 the proposed instrument will be 
presented for the adoption of the 77th World Health Assembly. Uh, you know, flash forward a little bit, you've got the uh, 2035 agenda, right? That's so ahead of schedule, it's now called Agenda 2030. We've got sustainable development goals, no poverty, zero hunger, good wealth, health and well-being, quality education. You know, they have these selling points for these things. But then when you also look at sustainable development, you find out it's moving people out of the rural areas and into the smart cities where they have smart meters and they have 5G and 6G is already ready. It's just not available. And, you know, I mean, we're constantly just forward, 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 you know, gene therapy, Jeff Bezos is funding research to regenerate cells and slow the aging process. Why is it always these same names? Brain upload. Elon Musk thinks one day we could put our mind in a computer or a robot. You know, I mean, it's, it's always the same players, you know, the, the, the big three, you know, I mean, whatever you want to call Bezos and and Musk are not, they're moving, helping everybody move from one pen to the next pen, right? All the cows. Yeah. Have you heard, did I tell you last time about the GMO bananas? No, but yeah. <laughs> Human health them. trials planned in the U.S. for GMO banana that is supposed to save Africa. No animal feeding trials to test for toxicity. And the Gates Foundation spends $10 million to fund this exact experimental GMO banana. It's just... You know, everywhere you how look, can you trust you... these people? You know, like the, yeah. uh, we talked about Gates and the seeds in Africa and how the, they're like just working farmers over and making them pay millions of dollars. Like, how would you trust anything these guys have? It's unbelievable. Right. And all the money that they spend on research is not to find a way to end world hunger. It's how to find a way that they can find out if you're using their patented crop or find a way to kill your crop if you used it. Or, you know, if a farmer has his own crop, well, let's blend, you know, let's the, let's let the wind carry this Terminator gene over there to, to him and shut his operation down. And then he'll be forced to buy seed. You know, that's where all the money gets buried. It's never you know, for the good. Now they, right. they use these, like I said, sustainable development goals to sell, sell the deal, you know, right, but right. Uh, they have these a nice little below the surface. Yeah. yeah but you, can go look, you can go look at the world economic forum and all those things. And these guys are all tied into that. And it's, you're going to own nothing, be happy. You know, it's yep. just like, Oh yeah, this is so great. So yep. you'll just be right. renting. I mean, that's basically kind of what the United States has turned into through mortgages and the way that, the financial structure has changed is you're renting already. Most people, their mortgage is just a payment. They actually don't get any equity if you're on a 30 year fix or something. So you're basically getting rent from a bank. And back in the day, my dad bought his first house for like $36,000 and he made, mm. I think four or 5,000 a year or something like this is what happened with inflation. But like he could pay that house off. He owned the house. Like there wasn't, some bank meddling with it where he had to keep paying this mortgage. Like he literally it's owned true. that. So they, yeah, raised his family. Like my generation, not too many people own. No, it's it's proving to be harder and harder at this point. You know, I mean, we left Tennessee because it's federal minimum wage, you know, 725 an hour still. Maybe they went up to 750 since I've been here. I've been about five years now. But, uh, you know, it made financial sense to move here and my wife had family here. But then we get here and we find out the trade off right for that high pay. You know, we got all these, uh, you know, I mean, if you look, I think Costa Washington's right. Washington. Yeah. yeah, where I'm at, it's not. But it's because of where I was at in Tennessee was a college town and where I'm at now, it's a farm town. So and uh, it balances out. I make more and pay less. But that's not applying very much anymore because milk is up to four dollars. Gas is up to five. I mean, you know, every everywhere I look, I'm paying triple now and I'm only making like half of or double what I was making back home. So it's not balancing out as much anymore, but it's disturbing when you see like Inslee here, that's our, you're probably familiar with that name, Jay Inslee. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think Trump referred to him as a snake. Right, <laughs> wasn't know? he the so, governor? Yeah, yeah, and so uh, of Washington here. And so uh, he, I think I was reading by 2025, they're banning the sale of gas powered lawnmowers, weed eaters and generators. Wow. So I think I think the mowers and the weed eaters is a distraction from that last one, the generators. 
you know, I do believe that we're going to see a, a blackout in our in our lifetime. And I think so it's going to be once that IOT and IOB, the Internet of Things and Internet of Bodies and the maybe after the sustainable development and when we're all pushed into these cities. But once we're completely reliant on that, I mean, right now, you know, if uh, I use this example a lot. Right. When I was a kid, I could just get on my bike and go anywhere and I would find it, you know, but now like my kids, they like want to punch in the address to how to get to work. And it's like, they've been there, you know, they've worked there for two years. Why are you right. using navigation to get to work? Oh, well, because it shows me traffic and it, you know, it tells me this, right. but they become so reliant that they're not paying attention to the way that they get there. Or let's say that, you know, uh, God forbid, one of my children get arrested, right? Like, how are they going to call somebody? Uh, they don't know anyone's phone number. When I was a kid, I knew like 150 phone numbers by heart, but we have a contact list. We don't need to know these things. It's just like uh, facts. You know, we don't have to remember facts because you can just look it up. Right. You don't need to do you don't need memory verses anymore. Right? right. That's not even a thing in Sunday school anymore. Memory verses because you can do a keyword search. What's the point? Because you grow so reliant on this system that a flip of a switch Boom, you've got people that don't know how to cook because they've been using DoorDash for three years. You've got people that, you know, I mean, people are going to starve to death. People are going to yeah. not get their medications. People are going to yeah. not have any clue what's going on in the world or if there's a storm or a tornado, you know? I mean, it's just, right. you it's know, gonna it's going to be, be crazy. chaos. Be yeah, total chaos. Total chaos. Like I said, you're going to have all, you know, all the people of this city shoved into this, what, 500 square foot, you know, stacked on top of each other, you know, shipping containers. I picture like Ready Player One, if you've seen that, right? Yeah, like, no, that's their plan. That's the way. And then they can totally control you, feed you the information, feed you the food they want. It's a it's a dark dystopia. We're already kind of in a dystopia, but it's going to get even worse. Brian, I got to wrap it up. I got another interview. Where's the best place you know, for people to reach or contact you? So you can always email me at followeroftheway85. That's at gmail.com. You can find me on Buy Their Fruits. That's my official podcast that I've launched now. It's available on all the platforms. I still do Cosmologium Radio with Aaron Miller. Uh, I do have a bit of an Instagram presence for the show, Buy Their Fruits. I'm really not big on social media at all, but, uh, you know, if you needed me, wanted to talk, you know, if you had questions, feel free to reach out. I'm here. William, I appreciate your time and you invite me back. And I definitely want to get you on by their fruits soon. Anytime. And, uh, anytime. Anytime. Love I'm it, glad brother. to have you back. Great. Yeah, love you too. Thanks for uh, sharing all that information and knowledge. And let's do it again soon. Have a good one. You got it. All right. All thanks, right, William. All right, bye. Cheers. Stay there. Stay there.